John, the 17th chapter. And we'll begin our reading at verse number 15. St. John, the 17th chapter, verse number 15. And I thank God for his word. Thank God for the opportunity that he's given us to be here, uh, to learn and to grow, amen, uh, in our faith walk. We serve an awesome God who's certainly worthy to be praised. Man, this is a good day. <laughs> it's a good day. Glory to God. The text says this in John's gospel. It says, I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. Verse 16, let's go. It says, they do not belong to this world any more than I do. Now, just, just, just so you'll be aware, this is Jesus praying to God the Father. And as he prays to God the Father, he's praying and interceding on behalf of his disciples. He's praying and interceding on behalf of everybody who believes on his name as a result of the testimony of these disciples who were following him here while he was still here on earth. So, so he's praying for us too, guys. He says, make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Verse 18, let's go. Just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. And I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so they can be made holy by your truth. Made holy by your truth. He's praying to the Father on behalf of his disciples, everyone who would follow him. He says, I'm praying, listen, that I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so that they can be made holy by your truth, God. How are we made holy? By God's truth. Next verse says what? Let's read. Uh, I'm praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever, everybody say I'm in that ever number, who will ever believe in me through their message. 21, let's go. I pray that they will all be one just as you and I are one as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. Glory to God. I've given them the glory you gave me so they may be one as we are one. Verse 23, we'll stop there. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as, come on now, you love me. Jesus says this, watch this, read it one more time. He says, I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity, come on, that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. That that jumps off the page at me because Jesus says that he wants us to experience such perfect unity that the world will have no doubt that God sent Jesus and that and that God loves us just as much as he loves Jesus. All right? So unity. Everybody say unity. Now, again, we're entitling this message, uh, uh, God's working in me. Everybody say God's working in me. Say it again. Say God. 
working in me. See, we got to get out of this concept of God is working on me and get to a point to where we allow God to work in us. I want, listen, I want God to be working in me, not just on me. Can I get a witness? And there is a very distinct difference, and we'll extrapolate that as we go down through the scripture text. But God's working in me. Now, again, when we look at this, we see Jesus praying. And really, you know, normally we think of the Lord's prayer as uh, our father, which are in heaven. But that really wasn't the Lord's prayer. That was God giving us the model prayer. Uh, here is really the Lord's prayer because he's praying to God, the father on behalf of all of those who will follow him. OK. And so uh, so when we look at this text here, he begins to lay out some things and we'll get to that uh, as we move down through the, this text. And I want to. Uh, but because we're coming up to the, the celebration of the birth of the Savior, I, I, I took the liberty of taking a look at Mary's life. Amen. And seeing how Mary allowed God to work in her through the virgin birth. God was working in her literally and spiritually. Can I get a witness? Go with me, if you will, right quick uh, to uh, the gospel according to St. Luke, chapter number one. Let's read that right quick because uh, you all know that uh, we, we don't need uh, a season to celebrate what Jesus did for us, right? But I can appreciate, amen, this time of year. I, I certainly enjoy that time with family, that type thing, but I don't want anybody to ever get off kilter. And, and as I, I warn you every year, don't get into a point, don't get to a point to where you are depressed this time of year because the, the, the world's uh, mindset or connotation about Christmas has, has, has crept into your spirit and you have begun to feel less than who God made you to be because you can't buy a bunch of stuff. Hello, somebody. As a matter of fact, when we are growing and we're allowing God to work in us, we are giving all year long. Hello, somebody. We're in the spirit of giving all year long when we when we're allowing God to work in us. Now, look, look, but, but look with me, if you will, to the gospel according to St. Luke. And, and let's go to uh, verse number 26, St. Luke, chapter number one. Verse number 26, because here we see Mary allowing God to work in her. Amen. Now watch what the text says here. It says in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, that was Mary's cousin, y'all. OK, says God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee. The text says to a virgin named Mary, uh, she was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Everybody say the Lord was with Mary. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne. Amen of his ancestor, David. The text says, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. Everybody says she was a virgin. 
The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived the son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will do what? Never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you said about me come true. And then the angel left her. Amen. KJV says, she said, be it unto me according to thy word. Be it unto me according to thy word. Now, again, we say Mary allowed God to work in her through the virgin birth. And why was the virgin birth necessary? Well, it was necessary because of the, because of, because the birth of God's son required, number one, it required a miracle. Everybody say a miracle. See, this baby, uh, this human being that was going to come into this earth realm could not be born through the natural process that all of us were born through. How many know every one of us sitting here came through a process that involved the sperm of a man uniting with the egg of a woman? Okay, can I break it down a little bit further? <laughs> Somebody said, no, don't break it down no more. That's all we need right there, Pastor. Don't go any deeper. <laughs> a man had to have relations with a woman. Now, I know you say, well, okay, but Pastor, well, we got artificial insemination. We got all these things now that biologically we can do through medical science. But the fact remains, you still got to have the sperm of a man Uniting with the egg of a woman. I don't care how you do it. A man got to produce something and a woman has to produce something in order for birth to take place. That's God's natural order. That's why uh, I shared with you guys before, you know, we love everybody and we want to encourage everybody. But that's why uh, uh, the, the God never ordained for a man to marry another man because another man, another man cannot reproduce. They cannot be fruitful and multiply. I don't care what you do. Hello? And if a man has a sex change operation, they still can't produce. Because it's not God's natural. Are y'all you, are you, are tracking with me today? It has to have, in the natural order, a man and a woman. Are y'all still with me? That's the natural order. But but if 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 the Savior, if Jesus had been born as other men, his, his very birth would indicate that he was no more than just mere men. God is going to do something in Mary that's going to bring the Savior into the earth realm. So, so, so the birth of God's son required a miracle, okay? So if God, if God willed to send his son into this world, amen, he would have to choose another way other than just the natural process because guess what? Jesus has always existed. Are y'all listening to me? In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God and the word became flesh and did what? Dwelt among men. He was always in existence. So first of all, the birth of God's son required Number one, a miracle. All Christ needed was a body, y'all. And as he himself said to God the Father, a body has thou prepared. I mean, look at Hebrews 10 and 5 real quickly. Just pop it up right quick, guys. Hebrews 10 and 5. 
He needs a body if he's going to do this thing the way God wants to do this thing. See, that is why when Christ came to the world, he said to God, you do not want animal sacrifices or sin offerings, but you have given me a what? A body to offer. Amen. So in order to have a body, there has to be what? A birth. So, so the next thing we say we see is, is that the virgin birth was necessary because the birth of God's son required a combined act on God's part and a woman's part. Everybody say God's part and a woman's part. If God's son was to become a man and identify with men, he had to come through the process of conception through a woman. Amen. Why? Because, because man can only come through the woman. Therefore, if God willed to send his son into the world as a man, he would have to perform a miracle. Amen. Everybody say a miracle. Causing Mary to conceive by an act of his divine power. There are no more virgin births since Mary. Are you listening to me today? Amen. There are no more virgin births since Mary, but it was, it was, it was a, a combined act on God's part and on the woman's part. Because again, go back to the text here as we look in the gospel according to St. Luke. Look, look what, the, look what uh, Mary said in verse number 34. Look, look, look what she said in, in verse number 34. Because in order for this thing to take off, there had to be a receptiveness on the part of Mary of the seed of God's word. Can I make this plain? When Mary and I had our children, there had to be a receptiveness on her part to receive what I was given. Aya told me not to go there. She told me not to go there. <laughs> Are y'all tracking with me? If there was no receptiveness on her part to receive what I was given, then Junior and Sandra wouldn't be here. Okay, I think I better move on from that. Okay. So, so, so number two, a combined, it had, it had, it's a combined act on God's part and, and the woman's part. Look, the text says, Mary acts angel. But how can this happen? I'm a virgin. Look at the next verse. Let's read, read, read. It says, the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you so the baby to be born will be holy and he'll be called the Son of God. Look at the next verse. Come on, let's read again. It says what? It says, what's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant and holy. Now here's, every, 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 every year I, it, it, it amazes me and one of the things that we got to catch hold to is that what God does right here is because there's some doubt in Mary's mind. Come on now. There's some doubt in Mary's mind. How can this occur? Because she had not been with a man. Now, if God had came to some of y'all, there wouldn't be no doubt in your mind. They went over some of y'all here, didn't they? Huh? Some of y'all sitting there right now with your saved self, knowing that if the angel had came and, and, and said, you're going to have a child, you wouldn't have been amazed because you were like, well, it could be last week I, but Mary couldn't do this, guys, because Mary knew that she had not been with the man. So, so how do you overcome that kind of doubt if you know deep down in your heart that, 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 that you hadn't been with anybody? You know you can't get pregnant without what? Sperm of a man connecting with the what? 
Egg of a woman. This is a biology lesson along with the sermon today. Some of y'all need to hear this. Amen. Are y'all with me today? She couldn't. She couldn't. She, as, as the angel tells her this, she, she recognizes that, that she, she like, like some people who pretend like they ain't doing nothing, but they're doing something. And when, and, and when, and when it happens, and when, then now when the pregnancy occurs, and somebody asks you, how did this happen? You say, I don't know. Yes, you do know how it happened. You very well do know how it happened. Because the seed of a man has to connect with the what? Egg of a woman before conception takes place. But Mary had not experienced it. That's why this is boggling her mind. This is why it's blowing her mind. Because she says, she said, watch this. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. So now what God does is, through the angelic messenger, he gives her a tangible example. He shows her something she can see. Because she knew Elizabeth was old and she was past childbearing age. And guess what God did? God worked a miracle. And so when you see, similar to Sarah and Abraham, when, 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 when now, when the angel brings to her memory that your cousin Elizabeth was past childbearing years, your cousin Elizabeth was frowned upon because she couldn't have children, but, but God worked it out in her life. And so now he gives her a tangible example of God's working in somebody else's life. That's why you need to tell your testimony. That's one of the reasons why Maria and I want to share what we were going through and have to deal with, because we want you praying for us, first of all, but we want you to see the miracle working power of God. When you can trust him and believe, he will. Yeah, he'll provide. He'll do it. So, so don't, don't ever sit back on your testimony. Some of y'all have been through some stuff. You need to be quit being shamed to tell somebody what God has brought you through. Because the truth be told, none of us as good as we it's the public thinks we are. Hello. None of us are as nice and mellow and sweet as you are here on Sunday morning. Some of us, when we leave here on Sunday morning and go home on Sunday evening, we change. It's like the exorcist. Here on Sunday morning, oh, praise the Lord, glory, hallelujah. But look at here, watch, watch, I got to move y'all. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she's now in her sixth month. Keep reading, let's go, come on. For nothing, for, 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 for nothing is impossible with God. I need to know that somebody believes that, that nothing is impossible with God. I need to know that you know that there's nothing impossible with God. And look what the text says. Read it. Next verse says, what? Uh, Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. Now watch this. Once, once, once she, you know, she, her mind was kind of messed up because she was a virgin who was espoused or engaged to Joseph. Now, you, you've heard me share this before that this type of engagement, which usually lasted about a year, was different than our types of engagement. If you broke off this kind of engagement, it, you would actually have to go through and, and, and have a sort of something like a, a bill of divorcement in order to break the engagement. It was that strong of a commitment. Are you listening to me? Now, uh, dur during that, during that uh, engagement period, come on now, this is, this is for somebody out there today. During that engagement period, come on now, uh, you, you were not, 
supposed to be engaged in sexual activity. Because if you would, if you did engage in sexual activity, it would be considered a sin. Like it is today. It didn't go away. It would be considered, amen, adultery if they engaged in sexual relations. Okay? Now, let me say this to some of y'all, and this, this is, I don't mean any harm, but, but I'm going to tell the truth, okay? Stop going around saying you engage because you've been shacking with somebody for five years. That's my fiance. They've been your fiance for five years? As the old folks say, it's time to fish or do what? Cut bait. Five years? And y'all cohabitating? Okay. Y'all still with me? Please come back to church. And if, if, if you cohabitate, ain't nothing to do but to stop cohabitating, or, or, or if you're going to still habitate, do it right. If you're a believer... I'm not even talking to unsaved folks. That's what unsaved folks do. But I'm talking to you who are born again believer. Got baptized the third Sunday in September in the year 1984. That's who I'm talking about. I bet somebody said, I did get baptized in September. How did, that's, that's prophecy. Can we keep moving? So, so, so uh, it was necessary because the birth of God's son required uh, again, I said a, a miraculous nature. Number three, both a divine nature and a human nature. Everybody say both divine and human. He had to be born of a woman to partake of the human nature. Can I get a witness? He had to be born by a miraculous act of God so as not to partake of man's corruption. Amen. This was critical if we are going to escape corruption and live forever. Think about it for a second. Our faith must be in an incorruptible Savior if we are to be covered by his incorruption. Amen? God had to identify with us by becoming one with us and by conquering our depraved nature. All of us in here, no matter how beautiful we look, we are born in sin and we're shaping iniquity. All of us in here have a sin nature that we have to deal with. Can I get a witness? So, so again, keep moving. A miraculous nature, both a divine nature and a human nature. You know, the Bible does tell us that we are partakers of God's divine nature. We have the divine nature of God on the inside of us when we become born again believers. Amen? Now, now again, the fourth point is, is that uh, this virgin birth was, was necessary because the birth of God's son required, amen, the birth of a perfect nature. Everybody say perfect nature. Say it again, say perfect nature. Why? Because a perfect life need to be lived, amen? Righteousness, that is perfection, need to be secured, and in order for that to happen, you have to have a perfect nature. So that's why, amen, this happened this way, the virgin birth. Number, l l listen to me real carefully. God, God, God knew what he was doing because he poured out of himself, amen? And, and he, he gave of himself so that the Savior could be here with the type of nature he needed to do what he needed to do for us so that we could come to God and receive his saving plan, amen, so that we could have a personal relationship with him, amen? Now, guys, if, we, if, if we're honest about it, we have to confess that that, that, that no man has been or is perfect besides Jesus, right? How many of y'all will admit the fact that you're not perfect? 
Now, again, when I say that, guys, please hear me. That is not an excuse to live in open sin. Here's what some people will do and some believers will do. They'll say, well, ain't nobody perfect, and they use it as, a, as an excuse to live in sin. God is still judging sin. He's still, he's, still, he's still judging sin, guys. He's still judging sin. Yes, he's judging us. Okay? I tell you before, I'm tired of people misquoting what it means to judge. Most people say don't judge me because they don't want you to tell them that they're in sin. Judging me don't mean that, 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 that we think you're going to be perfect or even that we are perfect. But if you see something in me that's sinful according to God's word, call it out. Say, Pastor, that ain't right. And I shouldn't be saying, well, don't judge me. <laughs> yes, you need to judge the sin in my life. If I'm doing something wrong, call it out. That don't mean I don't love you. People who really love you will call your mess out. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are what? Deceitful. Lord, deliver me from people who just want to tell me what I want to hear. And you ought to be saying, Lord, deliver me from a pastor who only tells me what I want to hear. Lord, deliver me from fellow believers who don't have the courage or the spiritual fortitude to come and share with me when they see me drowning. Sometimes we see people drowning and we sit back on the shore and won't jump in and help them. Well, I don't know how they're going to take it. It ain't up to you to decide how they're going to take it. It's up to you to jump in and try to save them. Can I get a witness? All right, can we keep moving? All right, so, so again, fifth point is because the, you know, the virgin birth was necessary because the birth of God's son required the creative Word of God. Everybody say the creative word of God. Guys, y'all remember God created the world by simply speaking the word. God always creates by the power of his word and the power of his word alone. God has a creative word. Remember the text says, the Bible says, God is the God who calleth those things which be not as though they already are. God can speak a word. That's why he tells us in Mark 11, thou shalt say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in your heart, but shall believe that those things which you say shall come to pass and you'll have whatever you what? Whatever you say, whatever you say, amen. So the birth of God's son required the creative word of God because God created the world by simply speaking the word. God always creates by the power of his word and the power of his word alone, I told you. And so therefore, when God, when, when God, chose to create a body for his son, he created that body by simply speaking the word. Look at, again, Hebrews 10 and 5, pop it back up. Hebrews 10 and 5, by speaking the word. Amen? When, when, he, he, when he chose to send his son into the world, he sent his son by simply speaking the word. Look at what the text says again. Let's read it again. It says, that is why when Christ came into the world, he said to God, who said to God? Christ did. He says, you did not want animal sacrifices or sin offerings. See, that's what was under old covenant. But see, God is now working his new covenant plan. He did no longer want it the Leviticus priesthood system, but he's sending a man, a human being, 
fully God yet fully man to do the ultimate sacrifice. He says, you do not want animal sacrifice or sin offering, but you have given me a body to offer. Everybody say, a body to offer. Amen. It's the same with the new birth, amen, or the recreation of man's spirit, guys. It's by the word of God, by simply speaking the word, that man is born again. The Bible says God chose the foolishness of what? Preaching to get man saved. God chose to use someone to articulate his word to get you saved. Everybody here, if you're truly saved, had to hear a word. Faith coming by? Hearing by what? Amen. And he, God said, preach the word. When we preach the word, then people receive that word and they, their lives are transformed. Amen. So the next thing, the created word of God. So uh, the virgin birth is necessary because the birth of God's son required number six. The virgin birth because Christ is the only begotten son of God. Everybody say the only one. Anybody else claiming to be the son of God, they are anti-Christ. They're false. Amen. The, it, 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 he's the only begotten son of God. He's God's only son who possesses all of the nature and fullness of God himself. Go to Philippians 2, 6 and 7 right quick. Philippians 2, 6 and 7. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Everybody say, God's working in me. He's working in me, and he's working in Mary. He worked in Mary, amen, to produce the Savior to be born in the earth, man. Mary had to receive his word into her heart. The moment she received his word into her heart, then now the, the, the miraculous conception took place. Guys, there, there are many times we're not receiving God's miracle working power in our life because we don't receive God's word. How many of you know that because you come to church don't mean you're receiving God's word? Hello? How many of you know that, that, that just because you're here does not mean that you're receiving anything that I say? How can you tell if you're receiving or not? I mean, how, how can you tell if you're hearkening unto what I'm saying? Hearken is a, is a King James uh, version of the Bible word. Hearken means to hear and to do. So if you come in Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday after Wednesday, hearing but you're not doing any of this stuff. You, 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 you're really not receiving it. You're not really receiving it. I said you're not really receiving it. You're coming and you're making yourself, and, and I, I know, guys, you know, I've been there before where you, where you, you, feel, you feel good that you, you did your duty and came to church. But church shouldn't be just a duty. It has to be a lifestyle. It has to be, we are becoming. How many of y'all have, have saw or read excerpts of Michelle Obama's book, Becoming? Becoming. You know, that, that book has a, a very, that title, Becoming, uh, it, 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 it resonated in my mind this morning as I was thinking about what I was going to share with you guys today. It's, it's, it's becoming. And one of the things, that I, as I've watched her over the, especially over the last few months as she's going around promoting her book, I, I'm amazed at at the level of transparency she's, ex she's exhibiting as she's sharing her story. I mean, she talked about the fact that her and Barack went to marriage counseling, or had to go to marriage counseling. Even though on the outside it looked, it looked good, but there was some stuff percolating beneath the surface that, that was not quite right. And she shared some other things about the struggles coming up, and, and, and the level of transparency uh, is so refreshing. Because many Christians aren't that transparent. Many Christians, uh, and, and I know some of it is an element of pride, I mean, and all of us have a little bit of sinners, right? Many Christians can be struggling, 
and they won't say a word. They won't seek help. They won't seek counsel. You can be struggling in your finances. You won't seek counsel. You can be struggling in your marriage. You won't seek counsel. You can be struggling in, 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 in with your mental and emotional state and won't seek counsel. What the Christian going to think if they find out that I'm not perfect? Guess what, baby? We already know it. We already know you ain't got it together because none of us have it all together. I don't want them to know that, 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 that I'm struggling. Guys, wouldn't it be better to, to let somebody who's spiritually mature, whether it's your pastoral leadership or another brother or, or even professional counseling, wouldn't it be better to let somebody know who, um, who can help you than just keep on struggling and pretending like you're all right. So, so, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, here's what I would, I would say. It's, it's so much fake stuff going on nowadays. I'm tired of fake. Are you, are you all tracking with me? God loves you. He loves every last one of us, and we got to get to the point to where we can trust him with all of our heart, mind, and soul. And so, so, so don't pretend, don't just go around pretending like everything's okay and, and, and not make yourself available to be corrected, to be, to be encouraged, and to be counseled. Amen? Spiritual counseling in particular. Amen? But there's also a place for professional counseling. So, 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 so what I'm saying is if, if, if you need some help, don't be afraid to raise your hand and say, hey, Pastor, hey, listen, you got any recommendations for this? Or, Pastor, can you help me with this? Or, or what do you think about it? If you don't know, it's okay to ask questions. It's okay to not know something, but it's not okay to not know and pretend like you know. Have you ever did it on the job? I'm going to just figure it out. I'm going to tell them I know, but I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but I'm going to go home and I'm going to figure it out. It's okay to say, you know what? I, 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 you know, I, I, I haven't ran across it before. Let me go and study that. Rather than saying, yeah, okay, I got it, I got it. And no, you have no clue. Everyone says that's a little bit of pride there. It's okay to say you don't know. It's okay to say, you know, I was wrong. Anybody ever struggled with that before? Anybody ever struggled with, with admitting when you were in the midst of a uh, 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 heated fellowship with your spouse? To say, you know, okay, I messed up. I need y'all. I need y'all to. Jocelyn, that's you. I thought that was you. Good to see you. Hallelujah. Um, when you're in relationship with people, guys, you're going to always have situations that come up that's going to require Holy Spirit patience, loving, um, loving approach to people and, and doing things. You know, allowing God to change your mind and, and concept. And one of the things we got to do is, 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 is recognize that, hey, listen, I'm not where I need to be or I messed up. And it's okay to say I messed up. God, forgive me and let me try to fix this thing and let you, let you work in me to fix it, okay? All right, let's, let's keep moving. So the virgin birth became, the virgin birth because of Christ is the only begotten son of God. We got to have it. And, and, and number seven, we said uh, it became necessary, it was required because a second Adam, because a second Adam and a second man had to be born. A second Adam and a second man had to be born. Again, why? Because uh, a second Adam and a second man had to be born just like the first Adam was born. The first Adam was in the Garden of Eden, but how, who's the second Adam? Jesus is known as the second Adam. So born just like the first Adam, okay? Born to become what the first Adam failed to become. 
It was necessary that a second Adam and a second man come because he was born to be what the first Adam failed to be. Amen. If Adam and Eve have not violated God's uh, uh, commandment, they've been, we still be in Eden right now. Amen. And some say that Eden was, was, was more of the, uh, uh, not just a, a specific place, and I, I guess you can argue that theologically, but, but again, it was, it was the, the climate and environment on earth at that time. Because they had, they had free reign over the, over the earth, and, 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 but Satan slivered in there because he was in the earth. Right? And so he slivered in there and began to speak and began to get, first of all, Eve to doubt what God's word says. And that's, that's the thing that God, that this enemy has been using since, since the beginning of time, taking God's word and twisting it, taking God's word and making it say something that it was never intended to say. Okay? And, and, and so he used the, the word, he, he changed God's word to try to get Eve to, to, to desire that fruit. And then Eve ate and gave and turned the gate to Adam. Who, did the, who was the command given to? Adam, all right? So technically nothing happened until Adam ate, right? When he ate, because he was the one that had the command. And guys, let me say this right quick, and I'm, I'm going to keep moving. Guys, you, you know, and some of y'all accuse me of being hard on the, on the men and the husbands, but there's a reason why. Because when you're responsible, you, you, your whole family can go down because of your foolishness. Your children can be messed up for a lifetime because of your foolishness. And if you're responsible, everybody say, man up. man up. Quit going back and talking about, well, you... God, the wife you gave me. Is that what Adam said? Is that what Adam said? God, the wife you gave me. I know some of y'all saying, well, I, I can only do so much, Pastor. I, I can only do so much. You know, she's, she's, she, she's just hothead. She won't. Listen to what I'm saying. I know you can't make a grown person do anything. But here's what I do know. If you lead the way God designed and desire for you to lead, if that woman got any God in her. Now, you, maybe you got somebody that ain't got nothing in them. <laughs> and maybe that's the problem. But if that woman really loves God and you are leading her biblically and, 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 and being responsible instead of shifting blame, Well, but Pastor, how you, why are you talking about that so deep? Because I know, I know what it is to shift blame. I, I remember one time, Zana, we were, we were, we were, we were somewhere, and, and we got to have a discussion, and Vincent used the, Vincent and Bill Parker were going at it about something. And Vincent told Bill, Bill, Billy, he called him Billy, Billy, you deflecting. <laughs> he, used a, he used the term deflecting because what Bill was jumping on to something else that wasn't the subject that they were talking about. And how many of you know guys are expert at that? Come on, husband, Eric. Come on, look at me, Eric. That's my boy. You're my boy, Eric. Come on, Carlos. Don't, don't we know how to deflect? Carlos, you're an attorney. I know you know how to deflect. <laughs> we'll deflect, and when the situation is not right, we'll put the focus
I'm going to confess. I, 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 I'm working on not being a, a deflector. Who was that? Josh Myers before I could watch another day. And Josh Myers said this. She says, you know, many people have the, what they call the gift of awareness. And that's not, she was being a little funny. She said, but a lot of people have the gift of awareness. We're aware of what's wrong in everybody else's life, but we don't, we don't see the, what's wrong in our own life. How many of y'all married to somebody that got the gift of awareness? They can point out all of your stuff, but they can't see none of their stuff. Isn't that the trip? Everybody said that's the selfish nature. All right, so, so, so guys, listen. So, so, so Mary, let's move on to this last part. I got to get this in. Mary allowed God to work in her because she received the word. She received, she received with meekness the engrafted word, which was able to save her soul, which was able to put her in a position where she could give birth to the Savior. I'm glad she received that word, amen? She allowed God to work in her. Quit, let, quit telling God to work on you and say, God, I want you to work in me. We need to start becoming and being and not doing. Ever say becoming a disciple. Say becoming like Jesus. That's what we got to get to. So, so okay, okay, bro, Pastor, let's get back to John 17 right there. We've got to roll here. So how is God working in us? And I emphasize that word in, in, not on, but in. If, if, if he works in, what's on you will be right. Because some, some, some Christians got some spirits on them. Lying spirit on you. Backbiting spirit on you. Huh? Loose spirit on you. Do I, y'all need, do I need to keep going? There's all kinds of spirits that's on people. But if you let God work in you, that stuff that's on you will start to fade out of your life. Guys, listen to me. All of us, all of us in here, listen to me carefully. Listen to, don't you tune me out. All of us in here have some stuff on us that we need to let God work in us to get it off of us. Now, when, when I say on, I recognize what the Bible says, all this stuff comes out the heart. Remember when Jesus says, it ain't, it ain't stuff you eat that defiles you. It's the stuff that's in your heart. All kind of stuff he named. Y'all know it. Go back and read it. Amen? He named a bunch of stuff that was in our hearts. And so that stuff begins to extrapolate out and it, it's, 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 it's moving upon us and calls us to be not who God wants us to be. Now look, look at this next part. Go back to John 17 right quick. Look at Jesus' prayer. Let's, let's move through here right quick. Uh, John, 15, John 17 verse 15. Y'all there with me? Everybody say, God, keep working in me. God working in our lives helps us to continue to be of use to him in advancing the kingdom agenda here on earth. Do you not realize you can become useless in the kingdom? Remember when we talked about uh, that, that, that parable he gave about the vine and pruning? Uh, and how many of you know uh, when you prune a rose bush, it, it, it tends to grow and flourish more? Um, and, and when you cut 
that certain time of the season, you have to cut stuff back, right? How many of y'all got flower beds in your house? How many of y'all keep it up? Or got somebody to keep it up? If you don't, if you don't cultivate your flower beds, guys, guess what's going to happen? It can, you, you, you can have a landscape architect come in there and put that flower bed in, and it'll look just as beautiful as all get out. You can take pictures and post it on Facebook and think, look at how beautiful my house is with its flower bed. But if you don't cultivate that and till that thing, it'll grow weeds. Hello? Remember, remember we used to pull weeds at the flower bed? And the last time you pulled a weed was when you got pregnant with Junior. Then you kind of gave it away, didn't you? I'm just messing with you. Because <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so happy. I, you gave, you, listen, I, I was going to wait to hold it to the end of, uh, oh, oh. <laughs> Craig, take her and take her, take, take her to the back. She says I'm deflected. <laughs> you, you're right, you're right, you're right. <laughs> okay, guys, let's, can, can we move? I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. But now that's a beautiful woman. And God knows I love her. I promise you I do. And, and, and this process has made me realize how much I love her even more. Yeah, yeah. So I thank God for you. I told, I told you, you ain't dying, you ain't going nowhere. No, you're going to heaven, but not now. <laughs> We're going to hang out a few more years before, if the Lord say the same. So, so, so watch, watch, look, look, look at verse 15, let's read. I'm not asking you, Jesus praying, to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. First thing we see here in this prayer is that, number one, Jesus intercedes for us. Jesus could have remained on earth after his resurrection and continued his ministry in Galilee, but his plan was to work through those. Everybody say through through those who believed in him to reach the world. Look, look back with me. Look, look back at verse 9. Pop up verse number 9 and verse number 11 right quickly. It says, my prayer is not for the world, but for those you have given me because they what? Belong to you. Verse 11. Let's look at verse 11. It's saying, it says, now I am departing from the world. They are staying in this world but I am coming to you, Holy Father. You have given me your name. Now protect them by the power of your name so that they will be united. There it is again, just as we are. Guys, as a church, we got to get united. As a body of believers, we got to be united. What helps us to be united when we're on the same page, have the same purpose and the same goal? It's hard for us to be united and you, you, you living in open sin and then I'm trying to live right and then we, we don't have anything in common because you're running from me because you're sinning. And, and it, when you're in sin, you're always looking over your shoulder thinking somebody knowing what you're doing. Come on. Sneaking, hiding, looking. <laughs> but guess what? It's not people who we need to be concerned about. It's the God who sits high and looks low, who sees everything that we do. And you hiding from people thinking you're getting away, but the God in heaven who you belong to sees everything that we do. 
And I've told you before, whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. And God will let us go. He'll let us go for a period of time. We just, we just, then we just come out of Syria. It's time to live again. Did we not just see it in the book of Ezekiel how it was that God, God was pronouncing judgment upon his own people so he can get them to repent of their sin? God, God sees everything that we do, guys. And just because you're getting away with it don't mean you're getting by. I think I'll say that once more and again. Just because you're getting away with it right now don't mean you're getting by because God sees us. All he's doing is trying to give us a chance to get it right, correct it. But if we keep on in our little sin, keep on hiding, keep on lying, just lie about some of everything. You know, lying is, is, is pervasive in this country now. I told you this lying spirit, people can lie, and people don't even care that people lied anymore. We ought to care. Because it's a lack of integrity. Amen? I said amen? amen. All right, so, so Jesus intercedes for, watch this, the power. He says, now protect them from the power of, of you. Protect them by the power of your name so that they will be united just as we are. Unity in the body of Christ. Unity comes when we are on the same, we have the same purpose, the same goal. We, we may not all be at the same level, but we all be having the same purpose and the same goal. If your purpose and your goal is to advance the kingdom principles and, and advance God's kingdom agenda, then it, it ought to help us, each one of us, uh, be in unity together. If, if, you, if you're a part of this church for any other reason than to give God glory and advance his kingdom agenda, then, then we, you're probably going to have a problem. If the only reason why you're here is to make a name for yourself or to make business contacts or to, or to, or, or to, to blow your name up, then you're going to probably not be very comfortable here. Amen? And, and we've had people that come through here who... who, who it, it was not a good environment for them because they, they kept pushing. They kept pushing, wanting to get up front, want people to know, know what they were doing, and it was all about them. Baby, it ain't about me. It ain't about you. It's about Jesus. And that's what we'll keep the focus on. So what I would say is let's, let's try to get you healing on the inside, emotion, so you don't need everybody to be telling you how good you are. All right. Jesus intercedes for us. Is that right? He intercedes for us. He sent the Holy Spirit as our comforter and our guide. We see that in John 14 and 26. And he continues to intercede on our behalf before the Father. The Bible says that he's seated on the right hand of the Father making intercessions for us. So Jesus does what? Number one, he does what? He intercedes for us. Number two, God keeps us from the evil one. He keeps us from the evil one. Is that what the text says? John 17, verse 15. Get, the, get back there right quick. John 17, verse 15. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world. This is Jesus praying to the Father. But to keep them safe from the evil one. God keeps us from the evil one. Guys, you and I are Christ's hands, feet, and his mouth while we are here on this earth. Do y'all realize that? Uh, go to John 14 and 12 right quick. Hurry, hurry. John 14, verse number 12. Pop it up real quick and we're going to keep moving. John 14, verse number 12. Glory to God. So I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works. Watch this. Will do the same works I've done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. Look at what Jesus said about us. I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me, that's you, yes, you. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I've done. And even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. I think, let that sink in just for a second. He says, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I've done and even greater works. 
because I'm going to be with the Father. Amen? Guys, that, that's, that's powerful. That's powerful. We are Christ's hands, feet, and mouth while we are here on earth. And we are created in Christ Jesus to walk as he walked, to do the things that he did while he was here on earth. None of us, I don't care what your mom and daddy said, none of y'all in here were born by accident. I know some of y'all were not planned by your mom and daddy or, 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 or your, your, your mom and daddy, whether they married or not married, whatever. You wasn't planned, but you're not an accident. Can I say it again? You're not an accident. You are God's chosen. God knew before the foundation of the world was even formed that you were going to be here today, that you will be born on your birthday. And you are fearfully and wonderfully made. God loves you and he wants to use you to help advance his kingdom principles. So don't, don't let the devil tell you that you're no good, that you don't amount to anything, but maybe you don't make enough money, or maybe you don't have this status, you don't drive. Forget all that mess. That's not what makes you. You are God's child. If you're born again, you're his child. And if you're not born again, he wants you to become his child. God loves you, and he wants to use you. I don't care how, how royally you've messed up before. God says, I still want to bring you back into my presence. I still want to use you to advance kingdom principles. So God keeps us from the evil one. Look at number, 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 number three, number three, number three. The Father sanctifies us. He sanctifies us. Can I get a witness? Guys, I'm out of time. I, I, I really intended to finish this today, but can I stop here? This ain't a series. I'm going to finish next week. <laughs> I promise you I will. But can I stop right here? He sanctifies us. Everybody say sanctification. And we'll talk about that on next week. Give the Lord a hand in praise.